0: As Moses tended a flock of sheep in the desert, he noticed a bush was on fire. As he gazed upon this burning bush, he realized that although it burned, it was not consumed. Curious, he approached the fire, and as he did, a thundering voice came from it demanding that he remove his sandals. This was the voice of Yahweh, the God of Abraham.
1: I'm Susan Moon
0: and I'm Alex Walker. This is a space where we reach back in time and explore our most sacred stories, spiritual teachings and mythologies
1: paired with glimmering moments in literature, poetry and art to help us reveal meaning in today's
0: world. This is Eternal Eternal Return. Return. The bush spoke of the Hebrew people who were enslaved by the Egyptians and told Moses that he was the one who would set them free. Moses who had been living a peaceful life in the wilderness with his family was reluctant to accept the task and challenged Yahweh saying, Even if I say to Pharaoh that the God of your ancestors sent me, they will want to know what your name is. What shall I tell them? And God replied, Tell them that I am sent to you. That's, it, it, it is a funny story, actually. A lot of these stories are you read them and it's like, read it and think of yourself like walking through Central Park and there's a bush on fire and you're like, huh? <laughs>
1: You'd be like, that's, oh shit, that's... I'm walking away right now. <laughs> no. Well, hopefully you'd I don't think, want to be on this scene. I, I'm
0: going to put this out. Or, you know, I'm going to get someone's attention who can put it out.
1: Really? I would just walk away. <laughs> it's the New York It's <laughs> the New York way. <laughs> okay.
0: You just look at it and go, and then look away yeah. and keep walking.
1: Yeah. With your headphones in.
0: But the land where your sheep roam, you see something on fire, you're probably trying to, you know, put it out. But instead, it talks to them. <laughs> <laughs> So a little backstory on Moses that I think is important is he's not just some random shepherd in the wilderness uh, outside of this Egyptian kingdom. He's actually, he's an Israelite, so when he was a baby, his family actually put him in a basket and sends him down a river to save his life and is discovered and raised by none other than Bithian, who is... The daughter of Pharaoh. So he's raised in the household of the Pharaoh as royalty. And so there's an episode actually where he sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite slave. And this like enrages him. And he goes and essentially ends up killing this Egyptian. And a series of things happen, but he ultimately is forced to flee. And he flees into the desert. So by the time this burning bush situation happens, he's actually a lot older, so he's been in the desert 40 years and has a, has a wife and a family, and life is pretty good, you know. He's out in the desert with his father-in-law Jethro, and they're having bonfires and drinking beers, looking at the stars, you <laughs> know, it's like, it's a good life, and this burning bush thing is really inconvenient.
1: Okay, so Moses is born a Hebrew, but raised an Egyptian. And so Pharaoh then is basically his grandfather.
0: Yes. It's almost like Moses is Luke Skywalker and Pharaoh is Darth Vader. Except in this case, Vader is grandpa. Got it, got it. So Moses, the Israelite... Raised as an Egyptian, is the only one who can go back and face down Pharaoh.
1: And so for Moses, I feel when the burning bush answers, I am sent to you, it's unsatisfying our human conception of time, which is very linear.
0: There's actually some scholarly interpretation of this that. It's, it is God being slippery, like intentionally not really revealing or, or even being like, well, I, I am. Um, in the Judaic literature, in the Hebrew, there's no present tense for the verb to be. So it actually translates something to more like, I will become what I will become. It's an idea to encapsulate I am, I was, and I will be. It's an eternal... Now, So it's giving you this idea that God is outside of the confines of time. And, and so it's an answer for Moses. And also it's a statement of like, it's incomprehensible. You can't comprehend me. And this is the best I can give you.
1: I am kind of that more eternal sense of the I am that you described The I was, I am, and I will be. It's reminding me of a recent word that I've learned, which is tov. Uh, It's the Hebrew word for good. And we are familiar with tov uh, just in the context of like mazel tov. So mazel tov meaning good luck. The English translation is just good, but how we think of the word good, good can be pretty one dimensional. We can use the word good to uh, just as a, descri- as a pretty flippant descriptor. But "tove" is pre- a pretty expansive word. It's more of a regenerative conception of good where it's something framed as anything that produces life and contains the potential for more life within it. So I want to share an excerpt from the autumn issue of Orion from an essay written by Katrina Vandenberg titled Cherry Season, and I think it perfectly captures what we're talking about here. So the author recounts this experience she has with this monastic masseuse named Jim.
0: Of course, if you have, first (laughs) off, a monastic masseuse...
1: His name would be Jim.
0: It's gotta be Jim.
1: She says, One time he told me to look at my mother, my mother's mother, and as far back as I could in my matriarchal line. I was to think of what all of us had done had in common and something we had all left undone that is your task he said i was recently told for example that i am my grandmother's Tove.
0: i guess the idea being that you're the continuation of the good that your grandmother set in motion tov as in and god saw that it was good in genesis right. which is a re- repeated line throughout creation the setting in motion of it's not the sort of instant outcome of the thing it's the beginning it beginning the good work
1: beginning and continuing yeah and sustaining it
0: and and in a way it's it never it never ends right
1: yeah definitely
0: i feel like that has an implication for our lives this idea of scrolling for the answer, we wake up and we want an answer to our day through the news, through podcasts, through some self-development gurus, whatever it is. It's this idea that we'll do something that will eventually predict the future or give us certainty about what comes next, a guarantee. Um, and it, it keeps us from doing the hard work of fully realizing and comprehending that When we get to the future, it'll actually be now. So we never get to the future. Our work, whatever we need to do, it's right now. It's all we have. There's no future coming to save us. So it's on us. It's on you. You are the answer. In a tragic twist, but maybe not surprising, given what we now know about the concept of Tov and the eternal now, Moses, after 40 years of guiding the Israelites through the desert, is not able to enter the promised land, but the Lord allows him to look upon it from a ridge before he dies. It may be worth putting down the phone from time to time, turning off the TV and tuning out the podcasts. Yes, even this one. Maybe the answer we seek is not of this world. And more likely, it is not an answer we will know in our lifetime. But hasn't that been the fate of all great humans to walk this earth?
1: In closing, we leave you with this ancient wisdom text from the Talmud. It reads... It is not incumbent on you to finish the task. Neither are you free to give it up.
0: If you enjoy this and you'd like to hear more, please like, share, subscribe to, and review this podcast.
1: Eternal Return is a production from Moonwalker Studio. To explore more of what we're up to, visit our website at moonwalkerstudio.com. Thanks for listening.